Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey Rush Nation, Murph here. I'm not just here on my own. I have a guest, but I have been left to the whole operation on my own. Stocks is still on his sabbatical. Lee is now in Cyprus, I believe, for work. So that's why there's no snazzy intro. There's nothing... Uh, too special going on it's pretty basic it's me it's a guest who i'll get to in just a minute if you're listening to this on the audio version which will be coming out tomorrow but before i do teased it last week we do have a new uh sponsor for this week and uh amazing that we've been picked up and this show is now being brought to you by manscaped now manscaped is the best in the world when it comes to men's below the waist grooming in terms of what they do it's absolutely phenomenal in fact i've got mine here i used it over the weekend i was kind enough to be sent one and um it's just really really lightweight it's really easy to use doesn't cut you and you definitely don't want to be making the mistake of having a different the same razor for your face as you do for your below the waist grooming so this is their 4.0 lawnmower which is you know fourth generation it's brand new out in the market now available in europe if you use the code five yard you'll get 20 percent off plus worldwide free shipping so use the code five yard links in the show notes but go on the manscape.com use the code five yard that's the number five then yard and you'll get free shipping and 20 percent off i couldn't recommend it more it's been brilliant in terms of using it and blessed to have one and i recommend it for anyone to to use so moving on from there to today's guest don't know how you follow up from a read like that but here we go very good friend of mine playing a lot of leagues uh together uh playing the king's classic together we play in the dynasty league that justin boone set up and and we play in a few more but my good friend lewis is here so if you don't know lewis he's the writing recruiter for dlf and director of fantasy football at the vault studio in australia plus also host of the draft studs podcast and he's also behind the ff down under bowl which has just kicked off this weekend lewis welcome back to five yard rush it's been too long how you been man murph it has been too long thank you so much for bringing me back on and uh, I'm I'm just in an hour ahead of you in time zone now as well, so it's made it a lot easier to jump back on. That's all it took me coming to me coming over to your to your neck of the woods to uh, to, to get something sorted out. It's glad to be on, but mate, I tell you what. First of all, congratulations on getting a big sponsor for for Five Yard Rush like Manscaped. That's fantastic. I was starting to sweat for a minute because when you held held up the lawnmower and said I've just used it, I thought <laughs> we were about to get a bit of a you know 
a sample of your uh, fruits of your labor as well. Oh, bloody hell! Don't need to uh, don't need to be don't need to be seeing that on the on the uh, video stream. But glad gl- glad it was uh, kept kept all above board. But yeah, congratulations on the on the, on the sponsorship. And yeah, it's it's great to be back here on on Five Yard Rush with just you, the skeleton crew. So maybe we. Maybe we call it two yard rush for this episode. <laughs> the Caleb Ballage rush. Yeah. <laughs> 1.6 yards per carry, I think. Is, that's is it. What that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting ride without, without stocks for the last few weeks, but we've had some great guests on and, and you follow that tradition. And, and as you mentioned, you, you know, you're in the European zone. You do live in Australia. Um, I have to tell people all the time when I do talk about you, I do talk about you probably far too much. Um, almost everyone I know knows who you are. That <laughs> <laughs> you're not Australian. <laughs> you are. Yeah, Australian. it's very confusing. Yeah. So you're FF Down Under on Twitter because you live down under, not because you're actually from Down Under. Sums it up nicely. Although yeah. they, 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 you know, I am fortunate. Well, I don't know. I don't know whether it's fortunate or unfortunate at this moment in time, but I do have Australian citizenship, citizenship, and a passport because my my mum was born in Australia, uh, which is which has caused some issues trying to travel and leave the country in 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 recent months, as I'm sure everyone is starting to uh, to notice now with all of the the world's news media focused on the devolving situation in Australia. Yeah, absolutely, and um, it's obviously a lot going on down there. Um, you're in Central Europe uh, at the moment, so hopefully things not too bad there. Um, and basically, from where you are, uh, obviously you're in a country that hosted the Euros, and it looked it looked great when they hosted the Euros. <laughs> Definitely, I think my favourite destination because it was the only place in the, in the Euros that had full crowd, didn't it? Full capacity. And- yeah, full capacity crowd. I was. F- yeah, again, I, I watched the final. Unfortunately, let's not talk about the result, but I did watch a final in one of the in the fan zones in the city, which was really cool. Uh, there was a large number of Italian people around as well, which which made things a little bit more difficult. And it seemed like all the neutrals were were cheering for Italy as well. But it, nonetheless, it was great great to be around for it. And I was hoping hoping to be able to get to the World Cup qualifier uh, in a couple of weeks' time because England is playing. Uh, play in Hungary uh, in, in in Budapest, but unfortunately those tickets sold out at a, a rapid rapid rate. So uh, it'll be again, it'll be watching on a, on a big screen somewhere in in the city with a with a few beers in hand. Well, you never know what might happen last minute. You never know someone might not be able to go. There might be a ticket That's in the last minute. That's true. Going on. Keep your ears to the ground and maybe uh, maybe you'll pick one up. You just never know. I alluded to it at the start. You kicked off the FF Down Under Bowl this weekend and Friday night here, um, Saturday morning in Australia and wherever else it was in any other time zones. How's it been? Uh, in terms of this year, because I think this is the third year you've been doing it. Or fourth I think, year. Third, I think this is. I think this is year three. I think this is year three. Yeah, I mean we've grown every year. I set myself an ambitious target this year. Didn't quite reach it, but we went from 240 teams to 300 ish teams. I've, I've forgotten the exact number, but it's it's around the 300 mark. I think we've got 26 26 divisions. So. You can do the the quick math there if you want, or two ninety six teams or something like that. Um, it's it, it's been great. Um, obviously, you know, when you have a large format like that, you're going to have teething problems with people not realizing that the draft is starting, despite sending sixty three emails out. Uh, people, you know, not being able to operate my fantasy league. Now, I'm going to say. I love the guys over at my fantasy league because they support the FF Down Under Ball every single year. They don't take a cent for it. Uh, it's a premium platform, so it's very good of them to do that. They have the best customer service. They always respond to your tickets uh, very, very quickly and help you out. Yes, their you know their UI is probably not the most most modern and can take a second to get used to. But my goodness, people complain about it like they're launching a rocket ship to mars if you can't after five minutes work out mfl stop eating with a fork because you're a danger to yourself it's really not it's really not that difficult and then when you send an email to everyone with okay this is how you do this this is how you do that and then you still get questions i'm all for you know fielding fielding questions and helping people out but holy crap it's 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 been a tri- it's been a trying few days and chasing everyone and i understand everyone's excited to draft and you've got to move them along so it's just been a lot of that as i said i tweeted out a little while ago it is like herding cats trying to find people um, let people know well this person's probably asleep because it's a or you you know this struggle you know this struggle Murph, running leagues with people from all over the world so however my 
old man bitching and moaning aside, because I am very uh, fortunate that many people want to sign up and play in this league and there's a lot of enthusiasm there. So A, very grateful for that and B, very grateful for everyone's uh, financial support because this year was the first time that we went 100% of proceeds to charity. In previous years, we carved out a portion for a prize pool to incentivize people to play for some cash. This year, I decided... 100% is going to go to charity. Um, this year, was, we've, we've, we've supported a charity called the Smith Family in Australia, which is a, a large foundation that works to help children get all the, everything they need for education, helps children in poverty get, get to school, get their uniforms, books, presents at Christmas time, all that sort of stuff. And then, um, and then last year, after the bushfires, we supported Food Bank Australia, uh, who were helping out a lot of people uh, who were, who were doing, doing it tough. After the fires, and then this year, uh, the second charity is uh, Epilepsy Action Australia, which helps families uh, f- with funding for uh, equipment, epilepsy nurses, respite, etc., for people with 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 epilepsy. So, uh, yeah, we're, I think we're clo- closing on the four thousand dollar mark. So, the fact that people are just putting their hands in their po- pocket to donate with no prize money uh, has just been has just been awesome, uh, especially as well given. Charitable donations have just been down generally because of COVID. It's been a been a tough year for a lot of people. A lot of people have not had the disposable cash that they might have where they've been stood down from work, furloughed, all of that kind of stuff. A lot of people have had a tough time. So for people to come out and and put their hand in their pocket, donate, contribute, and, and, and support the initiative uh, is, is fantastic. So we're closing in the foreground, Mark. Couldn't be happier. Just unbelievable. I mean, uh, mad respect for doing it. I, you know... I run quite a lot of people without you know, the FFCC year three as well. We start the same year you did. So appreciate the struggles. And and yeah, I, I always try and talk to people about MFL because it's like, I understand it's not pretty to look at. I understand there's no app. I understand that most people in Europe, I think it's very much a European thing that they're used to just drafting on their phones. It's what mm-hmm. people do. I understand that. I understand that Sleeper is probably the prettiest user interface that you're ever going to have. And I, I get that. But I just think with MFL, if you can get your head around the fact that you just have to do it a little bit differently, it is so much better. I I, I would play all my leagues on on MFL if yeah. if I could. Obviously, if you could, yeah. Context. And I think I, I think the receiving problems is it's just one of those things, isn't it? People forget they sign up a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I think you know I think what you do is amazing. You've raised so much money for for charity for these wonderful courses that have been hit. What's the format for this year? I mean, I know because I'm in it, but what, what, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. Is, what is the format for, for this year? And then also on top, where can people who are watching this and, and might not have had a chance to play this year, but maybe can register for next year or can at least even donate to support the, the causes that you're doing? For sure. So all the information is very simple, fantasyfootballdownunder.com. Uh, so if you're interested in reading more about the league, all of the rules, the playoff structure is all going to be there. I'll also be when we get to that time of the season, posting the playoff results there as well. And the way it works, Murph, is, or the format, it's super flex, it's tight end premium, 18-round draft, and then it's just waivers through the season. Like Scott Fishbowl, like a lot of the other large format charity leagues, there's no trades. People often ask why. A, it's to make everyone's life easier, to make it a, a more manageable league for you to sign up in and just play for fun, to raise funds for charity. B, what a nightmare, commissioner's nightmare, trying to navigate and coordinate and can you, the trades that would go down with 300 plus teams trying to keep on top of it all. So admin purposes as well is, is, is the other reason for it. And the way it works this year, again, leaning on and borrowing ideas from Mr. Scott Fish is once a team, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so forgive me if I'm wrong. I think if a team gets nine wins, nine wins they're guaranteed regardless of where they finish to to make it through to the to through to the playoffs and then this and then the, the division winner gets through I'm, I'm just terrible i'm not I, I, i've yeah. rejigged it for this year anyway um the, the the point being is once you make it through to the playoffs in the criteria that I did set out and really did think about I'm just escaping my mind at the moment it then goes to an all play format right where you just Teams score, uh, you, you, you get your points in week 13, week 14, week 15, whatever round of the playoffs you're playing in, and uh, a portion of the 
the, the, the low scoring teams are cut off from the bottom and the high scorers move on. And that field is just whittled down each week till you get the, the last number in, in week uh, 17, which is, which is when the, the final round is. Yeah. I, I, I love your competition, right? So I blessed enough to play every year and I think for me, because it's always the last charity event of the season. So like for me, that's when I start to get really excited because Scottish Bowl kind of starts the fantasy season. Right. Your your charity league is, is typically end of August, always sort of has been. It kind of brings the curtain down on, on fantasy season for me. You might still draft in a home league on a live draft, but you're pretty much kind of done when the FF down under draft. I did get burned a couple of years ago when I drafted uh, Andrew Luck, and then three hours later he was retired. <laughs> Man, I, I still – I was thinking about this the other day. Like That was the ultimate meltdown on, on, on Twitter, and it's grown so much since then. I'm just – if I'm trying to think what other kind of news could happen. You just – it was it was insane. The Tom Brady leaving New England news didn't come close to it. My no. phone, my phone nearly melted in my pocket. Granted, <laughs> it was a it was a hot day in Australia, but the trade offers were coming in, text messages, group chats blowing up, Twitter notifications, emails. Everyone was just just, just the re- over the reaction was was off the charts. I, it was it was nuts. Like I I remember drafting him in the FF Down Under Bowl. I went to bed. I woke up because I had a very young child at that age. He was weeks old, I think maybe three weeks old. And I woke up at like three in the morning and then I've just seen this breaking news on Twitter. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> well, you might as well throw this draft in the bin. This one's over. Because I dropped it <laughs> early. I think it was like early. Third round. Well, that's the like, thing oh. because that way he was coming back from his, his shoulder injury and everyone was freaking out what he, you know, cause it was right. He's progressed from a golf ball this week to a tennis ball, to a peewee football, to a college football. And it was like, okay, he's building up and started to look good. And then he was going to play in the preseason. I was like, okay, we're golden. Let's draft Andrew. Look. And then. Wah, wah. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that wasn't fun, but in the flip side this year, I'm hoping nothing like that happens and we can just avoid it, but it's a great competition. Definitely check out the website. If you haven't played before sign up for next year, donate to the causes, even if you're not in it, you can still donate to the causes. You can still get involved. Um, In fact, do you know what? If you donate, if you donate $10 to the cause, I will send across a copy of the, fantasy football playbook digital copy to the there first we 10, go to the first 10 people that do it so if you don't have Amazing. a copy of the playbook and you donate ten dollars to lewis's charity i will you know send me the confirmation via twitter handles just here on the screen or it's at murph underscore nfl if you're listening to the podcast send me the confirmation and i will send a digital copy of the the playbook to you and you can enjoy that for and it's basically cheaper than paying for it through the website because we yeah it's about i think it's about i think yeah it's about six quid is 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 10 australian dollars at the moment maybe maybe even less so it's a it's a discount you do something good and you get a a a great fantasy resource as well with the the playbook so appreciate that murph that's 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 very kind now listen we want to raise as much money as as we can we've got our own charities everyone's trying to support charities this year so whatever i can do to to help i'm I'm more than happy to so the first 10 people can take me up on that um let's talk pre-season uh we're not far away from the regular season week two pre-season in the books and we're starting to see some skill players make some plays we're starting to see some some pieces of the puzzle coming together Mm -hmm. so let's let's have a look at what are your main takeaways so far from from the preseason and and anything to really sort of zero in on for this draft season yeah obviously at this point of the year everyone is starved for football and it becomes overreaction central. Every every clip is overanalyzed. Oh, this guy could do something. Uh, let's 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 dial it down, people. Let's remember because we didn't have preseason last year. Let's think about two years ago. The preseason stars most of the time they don't they don't work out, or they end up on the roster bubble, or they become special teams guys. They're very very deep deep league sort of contributors. So for the overwhelming majority, fantasy football leagues were not too concerned with a lot of the action the thing that i'm looking for most for for fantasy purposes especially in week two because we have this truncated preseason now under the new cba we only have three games looking for usage of first team players 
in, in, in the first drive, first quarter, first half, however the head coach is going to manage that. And also who's not playing. Uh, it's if someone is completely out and being held out of reps and obviously a lot of the big stars are, but we we can just be even that more confident about the type of role that they're going to have in with the offense. And then of course, with the rookies, you just want to see, okay, are they up to NFL speed? Do they look okay? Do they, do they appear not to be out of their depth and things like that? So usage is, is one. And then the other thing that I've, really taken away from the preseason of arm really enjoyed is how good all of the quarterbacks that, that we, that these young quarterbacks coming through. And I, you know, I'm going to give to a Tonga Vailoa a mulligan on, on, and basically give him a red shirt rookie season. He was coming off such a traumatic hip injury. So between him, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, we look like we've got some very, very good quarterbacks coming in. Justin Fields is electricity and, Matt Nagy should be, you know, tarred and feathered at the 50-yard line for suggesting that Andy Dalton, I know he's one of your your ginger brethren, Murph, but there's, there's, there's no way that Andy Dalton should be starting week one for the Chicago Bears. However, it has been very encouraging to see these young quarterbacks come in because we have good quarterback classes, we have bad classes, we have a mix, and... Obviously, people like to talk about the statistics of, well, it's only likely two quarterbacks from the draft class are going to be good. And it was, well, which one of these quarterbacks is going to be the bust? It doesn't always have to be that way because we have quarterback classes that are catastrophes where none of the quarterbacks are good. So the numbers even out over time. So this is at first glance looking like it's going to be one of the better quarterback classes in recent memory. So that's that's been exciting to see because when quarterback play is good, the, the league is, is is doing well. Football's more exciting to watch. And it's great for fantasy as well if we've got plenty of good, competent NFL quarterbacks that can support all of these skill position players that we care so deeply about. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, this class for me is very similar to the, the 2018 uh, class. Although for me, the only difference was there was a standout in this class that was Trevor Lawrence, hence why he went one overall. Whereas in 2018, there wasn't, a standout there were just four potentially five very good quarterbacks okay i know josh rosen hasn't panned out for whatever reason but the other four i mean you're looking at baker mayfield has taken the browns to the playoffs and ended one the longest stint and i know he's not the most exciting quarterback and i've bashed him for being a game manager but he's good enough to get teams into playoffs i'm not convinced he wins the lombardi you never know but He's good enough to get the Browns to the playoffs. You have to dog your cap. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, I think, will surprise a lot of people this year who are prepared to write him off. Uh, I think now he's away from Adam Gaze and he's now with Joe Brady. I expect a decent year. I'm not expecting him to be like top 10 in the league, but I do think he's going to have a good year. You look at Josh Allen, who everybody just decided to write off and and you know, last season he was at times an MVP candidate. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson just won an MVP. And I think, you know, you look at this class and I think you're looking at a very similar sort of depth there with with Lawrence, with Fields, with Lance, even Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson's the one that I think has probably surprised me yes. the most. Not because I think he was bad, because I didn't think he was bad at all. I just think he, considering how much he missed because of this holdout and all this other um, sort of business that was going on with his contract and all the side stuff that seems to be all this noise around Zach Wilson with his mother and his father and all this other stuff that we don't really need to focus on that isn't important. He seems to possess for me a maturity, which I didn't think he necessarily had. I didn't know he had. And the way he's handled the situation and being a QB there, I think has done, he's done really well this, this preseason for me. And I think Jets fans will feel, I don't want to say confident, but I think they'll feel a lot better having seen him on the field and, um, having seen him put together some plays and some throws, and I think he looks good. I think you're right about Fields. I don't think he starts week one, but uh, Lance Lance was Lance. He's just always going to produce highlights, and surprisingly, the one that's been very quiet is Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's funny, funny how it works, right? He was the one with the the most uh, hype coming in, the generational talent, the Andrew Luck comparisons, all worthy, but. It, it has been quiet. And I think that's going to change, right? Because we've only seen a few snaps because Jacksonville play their second preseason game uh, tonight, 1 a.m. UK time. 
Uh, and you know, at some point, I'd love to get your your thoughts on the New Orleans Saints battle with your with your with your old man Jameis Winston. You think he uh, you think he can can pull ahead head tonight and get it done? No, um, really. I don't, and I don't even think it's him. I don't. I, I you know I talked about this a couple of weeks ago that for me that Saints battle all trends towards Taysom Hill. And he is the coach's that- son, so it's always going to be a difficult <laughs> difficult. Uh, Bridge to cross. Do you know what? I think I think Jameis could go out there tonight. I think Jameis out there could throw 15 for 15 for 250 yards and three touchdowns, and it wouldn't make a difference. And I think the reason and I think the reason why is you have to look at what is available to the New Orleans Saints right now. Mm-hmm. Right? You look at where Jameis's strengths and weaknesses are. His strengths are the deep ball, his strength is you know, extending plays, making things happen. Yes, he makes a lot of turnovers. I think they could all get corrected with correct coaching etc the problem is with the new orleans saints is there's no one out there who's going to make those plays you're relying on callaway harris and Traquan smith to make those kind of plays you kind of you're just setting Jameis out there to fail your team because you need competent receivers who are good at the deep ball it's changing the whole philosophy too much i think if thomas was there i think they would have risked it because i think they know he can make plays they haven't signed it. I mean, I'm not calling Chris Hogan a signing. I don't care what anyone says. It's, that's not a signing. They, you know, he was playing lacrosse this time last year. So let's, let's not get excited about Chris Hogan. He's not a thing. That's why I just think it's going to be a massively run-heavy offense. I think they're just going to keep it simple. They're going to use Taysom. They might rotate some Winston in there to use Hill on other plays. Yeah. But I think, I think you're looking at Murray. I think you're looking at Kamara. I think they might use the tight end quite a bit, Troutman. I, d- I don't see this big play. They might use Jameis on some gadget plays. I, I do think that when they resolve this situation, whatever they're going to do, then I think Winston can play himself in, into contentions. I started this preseason thinking Winston's going to win the job. It's not yep. going to be a contest. But the Michael Thomas thing, I think, has just massively scuppered that for me because you're relying on Traycon Swiss, Mark, Marcus Calloway, and... Uh, and Deontay Harris, that could it's be not no, the, Yeah, it's not a lot there. It's it's certainly a candidate to be the worst receiving room in I'm football. To, yeah, I think I think for me that's the worst wide receiving room in football. And I think when you've got a quarterback who already has at times an accuracy issue, you need a receiver to give him confidence to make plays. And he doesn't have that. And I just think you, you're reaching too much. And I think you're going to ask him to do. He's going to look at that situation. Um, you know, you're an FSU supporter. You've seen this from Winston. Winston wants to do it all. He wants yes. to be the hero. He wants to be this guy who's going to just put on the cape and say, don't worry, I'm going to take you to the promised land. And that's where he gets into trouble because he's got all the talent. He's got all the talent. I definitely think that Jameis Winston, with the right coaching in the right environment, could be a top 10 QB in this league. No doubt in my mind. But... And I think he's got the right coach, you know. Don't yeah, he's job paid sure. too much, but I don't think the weapons are there right now. Now, listen, if they bring in someone via a trade, it's cut week. Might be a couple of receivers who get cut. There might be something going on. There might be a trade. There might be something. We'll see what happens. But right now, with that receiver room, I can't see Winston getting a shot until maybe Thomas comes back, and then we don't even know what's going to happen with Thomas. He could get traded. It's just that. That whole situation's a mess. So I, I think Taysom wins the job. I don't think through any skill, or I think that he's the better QB. I just purely think that the situation with what they've got talent-wise, he will work best for for what they need in the in the intermediary. Yeah, it's a it's a perfectly um, well reasoned and, and, and thought out position to have. And I don't have a huge lean one way or the other. Um, just talking about it, and you know, I'm always going to ride with with, with Jameis. And, and we haven't seen really much of Trevor Lawrence either. I'm thinking about maybe after this, going and have a kip, and then waking waking up and watching watching some of the preseason live because uh, I'm a because I'm a mad bastard like that. So I might I might uh, might do that for sure because I'm getting excited now about this this QB battle and seeing seeing how it unfolds and seeing how Jameis Jameis looks. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so let me bring this over to you. I'm going to sure. swear from the show seat for a second, right? So Warren Sharp put out a tweet earlier. And he asked about five teams and their week one starters, right? So he mm-hmm. asked about New England, San Francisco, Chicago, New Orleans. You said Chicago. Yeah, so Chicago, San Francisco. 
Was uh, it Jacksonville? No, it wasn't Jacksonville. Um, do, 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 do. It'd be so obvious once I see it, it's going to annoy me. Uh, do, 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 do. Tampa Bay, quarterback controversy <laughs> brewing down there. Denver. Denver. Mm, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Denver. So who who starts week one for let's, let's start with Broncos. Who starts week one for the Broncos? Teddy Bridgewater. I couldn't couldn't agree more. I think it's gonna be Teddy Bridgewater, and then they're gonna get pissed off with the lack of downfield uh, you know. Uh, attempts and they're, they're going to be going we've got KJ Hamler we've got Cortland Sutton let's get Drew Locke back out there and see see if we can't figure this out but I reckon I reckon like halfway through week two or week three they go okay let's let's see what Drew can give us uh, so I think it's Ted, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater week week one and the offense doesn't do all that much with him we've seen what he is he is a pure game manager however having said that some of the players that they've got are set up for that kind of of, of quarterback play with, you know, Noah Fant is a yards after catch monster at the tight end position. Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler, just get him the ball and watch him fly. Tim Patrick. Um, let's not pretend that Colton Sutton's only skill set is, you know, just uh, downfield contested 50-50 balls. He's dominant at that because of his size, his frame, his ability to track the football, concentration. But he is a a polished receiver. It's it's more of a question for the you know is he a hundred percent healthy at this point? Uh, it's a bit a bit more wait and see. So I think I think that could be an interesting interesting one in Denver, particularly because they do you know arguably have the best defense in football or at least top three top mm-hmm. three defense there. It's always difficult for teams to go into Denver to play at the altitude. Um, it, I think a good defensive coordinator though will. Will be able to um, beat them with with Teddy Broad, Teddy Bridgewater's limitations and and you know have have them playing out in front of them, wrap up the ball carrier and and, and just limit them to limit them to sort of you know field goal opportunities, slow moving the ball, try and run the football uh, and play play um, you know game game clock sort of control the football type type defense against them. Uh, so I think Teddy Bridgewater is is the starter. I do think Drew Locke will get his opportunity though because. John Elway does not will not let the dream die. Uh, see, I just I just think Teddy might have the job most of the season until he gets injured. I just think that, I just think you know, I, I when I think of Vic Fangio and I think about his coaching style, he just wants someone who turns up and does a job. He doesn't care how they do it. Doesn't want it to be flash. Um, but we'll see. Let's move on to Sam Fran. Yep. Who starts week one? Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. How long do you reckon he lasts? Three weeks. I also does it. Jimmy G is made of glass. I, yeah, you know, I like I like Jimmy G. He's made of glass. Um, so there's every every chance he gets hurt and Trey Lance usurps the job uh, in, in that manner. But we've seen the highs from Trey Lance so far. We've seen some lows. Mm. Rookie taking too many sacks, thinking he can bail out of every play and you know play play that little bit of hero ball. So that's going to piss Shanahan off for sure. I think Jimmy G will will start, and they again they've got plenty of weapons, plenty of weapons to get them through the first few weeks, uh, and 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 with a with a positive record. So I think Jimmy G probably holds that job off longer, but he will not keep it for the whole season. Nah, I, I'm with you. I think week four, week five. I think it depends on their record. Don't get me wrong. I think if they're five and zero, they'll roll with Jimmy G until things go south. I don't expect that to happen, but I think, yeah, if they've got a couple of losses by week four, maybe they might turn the Trey Lance before the bye week. Maybe they hand it over to him the bye week's week six, maybe week seven. They mm-hmm. might give it to Lance. I think that, I think you'll see similar to what we saw with the Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua kind of uh, exchange in handover. I think it would look very similar. New Orleans, I told you my view. What's, your, what's yours? Yep. <sighs> Take the personal feeling out of it because that's what I did. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I still, gun to my head, I think they're going to go with Winston because in my in my heart, I believe playing the best quarterback gives you the best chance to win football games. And we both agree he's the better quarterback talent. And But there's no doubt in my mind Taysom Hill will be used heavily and we may see both of them on the field at the same time. We'll see Taysom Hill coming for a series. We'll see him go to the goal, come in at goal line packages. Uh, so it, it, could, it could be... 
so so as the starter, I think you see Jameis Winston, he's out there with the first snap, but it could be as much as a 60-40 uh, offensive tap, snap timeshare or at least, you know, o- overlap where mm. Hill is playing 30-plus percent of the snaps. Yeah. I, but I would not be shocked. Someone... I would not be shocked at all. So I, I don't have a strong feeling either way. I just I'm just leaning on the fact that a great offensive mind would probably want the best better quarterback talent out there. But like you said, there's such a dearth of receiving options that he might be go. He might feel the best way for them to win is to to really gadget it up, lean on Kamara, lean on Latavius Murray, and and, and lean on Taysom Hill running the football. So yeah, I, I think that, Latavius Murray is just an absolute steal in drafts right now because I just absolutely, absolutely. I just think the way they're going to run that, Kamara can't do it all on his own. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised given the the, the poor receiving options. You might even see Kamara line out wide. I it wouldn't even shock me. No, I mean he do, he does it from time. He did it from time to time anyway. It would not shock, shock me at all to see him, can you know, to see both of those backs on the field at once and have Latavius lining up as your traditional halfback with with um, Latavius Murray as a like, well, excuse me with Alvin Kamara lining up as a wide receiver. Yeah. And so then we go to we go to Chicago. Where are you leaning week one, and then change through the season? Yeah, Matt Nagy has been so consistent and certain with his rhetoric, and that Andy's the guy, and he's going to play it safe. And the other thing as well is the longer he keeps Justin Fields in his back pocket, the longer he has to not get fired. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I listen. McNaggy is McNaggy, right? The McNaggy experience is one that's predictable, fairly boring, but he wins football games with mediocre talent. Um, and you have to dock your cap to it's not the kind of skill that I enjoy or willfully cheer on, but you have to begrudgingly respect it that he's taken to he's taken Chicago to the playoffs two of the last three years that he's been in charge. All right, one of them was an eight and eight, but it doesn't matter. You're in, you're in. Yes, they got pummeled when they got there. But exactly at the end of the day, with that, with what he had to work with last season to get them to eight and eight and to the playoffs, I would say it was a minor miracle. I just think he goes with Dalton. I think Pace is the one that's in trouble. I don't think Oh, Pace is hundred percent in trouble. He's yeah. a he's been an absolute donkey. Oh yeah. As a, as a GM. I mean, uh, congratulations! You drafted Justin Fields, bravo! I mean, that, that, I mean, that was an absolute no-brainer from where you were in the board and what it cost you to do it. It was pretty straightforward, but uh, yeah, I mean, bringing in Nick Foles was daft. Bringing um, in Nick Foles, bringing in Glennon, bringing in Andy Dalton—three heinous mistakes. The Khalil Mack trade was probably the only reason that's <laughs> the only reason that's not made to look worse is because Mayock and Gruden are bigger donkeys in Vegas <laughs> and have frittered away all of the first round picks they got in exchange for Khalil Mack. Well, did you hear today that, that or last night, <laughs> the Raiders have phoned up and asked about getting Mack back? I mean, uh, honestly, if, if I'm Ryan Pace, I'm thinking about it. I really am. I'm like, if get I'm that Ryan contract Pace, off the books. If I'm Ryan Pace, I'm going to my nearest blockbuster video but obviously they're gone um I'd, I'd go to my nearest streaming device i would watch draft day i would recite <laughs> all the lines of draft day to the point where i literally was like give me all those picks and throw in david putney too because yeah feel like it. <laughs> yeah that, that, that would be, yes, that'd be awesome yeah, and if he did it, I think fair play. I, that's what I would do if I was Ryan Pace. But yeah, maybe I think Dalton starts four or five, maybe even six weeks. Again, depends how they start. If they lose four games, then I think they'll throw fields. Yeah, so so do I. The, 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 fan, the fans will be will be baying for it if they stall on their first drive and go three and out. That's it. The Chicago fans will be calling for fields immediately because they've seen the flashes they've seen the electricity they've seen the arm talent they've seen the off-balance throws they've seen the throws on the run they've seen his ability to process reads quickly everything that you want in a top tier modern day quarterback is in the justin fields package which is why it's so egregious to me he would consider starting andy dalton because we know what he is he is he was for years he was the dalton mendoza line that was it. He was the definition of whether you had a franchise quarterback or not. And nobody knew whether Andy Dalton was because 
of the shitty circumstances he found himself in in Cincinnati. We probably know now that he was not the franchise coordinator. He had a good run for a while. He put together a couple of respectable seasons for sure. He's made a you know he's made a a, a good career for himself. But I think his time is past. It's Justin Fields' time. But yeah, it, I, I, I take your point about Ryan Pace hamstringing what Matt Nagy can do with the roster. Some of the decisions they've made, retaining Jimmy Graham at the cost of losing Kyle Fuller, giving Jimmy Graham a no trade clause. Like what the collection of these bizarre tight ends on their roster. It's just the, the, ludicrous. The, the, the management and decision-making is insane. And it was just confirmed yesterday on, on, on yesterday or today on part of my take, they interviewed Mitchell Trubisky and he said he found out through the television, he was being picked by the bears. <laughs> there was no pre-draft phone call. He had no clue. He had one meeting yes. with them. And oh Ryan Pace was like, this is my guy. They didn't tell anyone. They traded up when they didn't need to, to get him. Oh my just, God. just, just, it's just a comedy of errors from the moment he came in and hilariously got given GM of the year because he traded for Khalil Mack and then put him in an elite talented stack defense. The Vic Fangio ran roughshod over the rest of the NFL, carried the, 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 shitty offense into the playoffs and then they got let down by the double doink so i'm sorry it sounds like i'm ragging on chicago bears i think they're a cool organization their story they've got great history i love alan robinson one of my favorite receivers but it's and and then you go and look at what trubisky just did it albeit in the preseason for buffalo against chicago hello revenge game he looked electric and there were times, and I was laughed at a few times for touting Trubisky as a fantasy option nice. because he's he was athletic, he had wheels, and there were times when you go, okay, you can see what's going on here, but the play calling, the decision-making around him was so bad. And Josh Allen stunk it up as well, and then they went, okay, how can we fix this? Let's surround him with offensive line talent. Let's go and get him the best deep threat in football in Stephon Diggs, or one of the best deep threats in football. Statistically, was the year they traded for him. And let's get some analytical, aggressive thinking that matches with Allen's skill set. Let's be aggressive on first down. Let's let him pass the football. Uh, and, and, and Brian Dable's been a sensation. If Mitchell Trubisky had landed in a spot like that with a competent organization making competent decisions uh, from management down to play calling, his career could have panned out completely differently. And I hope he goes on to have a great career as a maybe as a backup for a few years in Buffalo and then someone else takes a shot on him because, you know, he 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 certainly looked like a competent NFL quarterback, albeit in the preseason. Yeah, I, I I just worry about the the mental side and the maturity yeah. side of of Trubisky, but the, the yeah the ability, um, I wouldn't question as much as the maturity and the the way that he carries himself. I think at times is is a little bit young, and I think yeah. he has some growing up to do, and and I think maybe he will do that. And I think Josh Allen is someone who you could argue is probably very similar coming into the league, but he somehow. And again, I think this is where you're right about coaching an organization. <clears throat> an organization pulled Josh Allen to one side after year one and said, hey, listen, some of those antics and things, they're not going to fly. You need an easy life. And that is low profile, head down. Yeah. Do what, Let your football do the talking. Um, someone needs to do that at Baker Mayfield, quite frankly, uh, because these quarterbacks who come in and just get on with the job, and do the right things and follow the right processes are the ones that are successful. So, and I hope that this class, and it seems to me that most people, most of this class, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, they, you know, they haven't caused the kind of stir that a rookie would cause in doing some boneheaded thing in in camp or saying something stupid or flashing their cash too much. They seem the one thing I'll say about this class is they all, all five of them very much seem like their heads are screwed on. Even Mac Jones. I mean, people don't like Mac Jones. I don't really get why I like Mac Jones. I think he's. Mac Jones look good. Mac Jones has looked good in his limited opportunities. Yeah. Listen, I don't think he wins the job this year, but I think he has a future as, as, as that franchise QB. I can, I, I can see him and Belichick working for a few years because I just think Mac Jones is that sort of, chip on the shoulder i was the fifth guy taken 
I'm not going to stand for this. And he's going to give it with that kind of quiet attitude, but with the commitment to play the way that he needs to play. Um, your thoughts on New England? Do you think how long do you reckon Cam has the job this year? Again, Cam Cam has, from what I've seen so far, he's looked he's looked quite good, and he gives you an obvious different dimension to the offense that Mac Jones doesn't give you. And Cam, after he uh, got COVID and banged up his shoulder again, he looked dreadful last year. He looked like a he looked like he should never be near an NFL field again. However, I was always of the mindset that. Well, he had a virtual offseason coming into a new team, rehabbing a shoulder injury, then lost time due to COVID and was not able to then pick up the weekly evolution of the playbook, the new installations. It was all gone. And when he came back, the rest of the offense was doing something different to what he was doing. And that was visible to anyone who watched the New England Patriots play. But there were the first few weeks of the season. He was excellent against Seattle and was one play away from winning that game at the goal line and was, was you know, stuffed on the uh, stuffed on the on, on, on the, the goal line it happens he then nearly put them in a position to beat the buffalo bills on the road and again was making a huge play and, and, and a great hit dislodged the ball caused a fumble game over but again he played well that game and so him going away uh, sign you know bring being brought back on a, on, a, on another contract extension I, b- I believe it was having Mac Jones there as a first round pick to sort of maybe light a bit of a fire underneath him, but to have the benefit of the experience, more comfort within the system, get him a few more players as well. Now say what you want about Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, Hunt Henry, Johnny Smith. It's an upgrade. It's an upgrade on what was there last year. So, it's good. And then he banged up his shoulder. I, I, I don't think Nikhil Harry makes the roster if I'm, if I'm honest. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, um, or he 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 doesn't get much. He might not get much playtime. But regardless, right? Nikhil Harry, no Nikhil Harry. Cam Newton has certainly looked better. And from a fancy perspective, he's been one of the absolute steals in best ball drafts, uh, super flex leagues, redraft leagues, dynasty. It's like, yeah, whatever. This we don't know how long he's got left to, as as a starting quarterback. But it wouldn't surprise me to see him play a couple more years. And last year could not have been worse from a passing perspective. I mean, it was horrendous. Mm. And yet, he was still a QB2 because he's the goal line back. They, he was just jamming in touchdowns constantly. He's, he's got more touchdowns since he came into the Russian touchdowns than any other player. He's an absolute monster at the goal line, and he's still effective at that. Now, you've got him some receivers. You've got him a very good, who you know, again, a very good field stretcher in Nelson Aguilar that will make a difference because everything was crashing down on the Patriots last year. They had no one to stretch the field. And then Cam was struggling with velocity on his throws and timing anyway. And then on, add on top of that, the defense had no respect for getting on anyone deep. And so we're just uh, defensive backs were just jamming down on the receivers immediately and not they were not able to get any looks in space. I think things – I'm not predicting this high-octane offense or anything like that. It's still going to be run the ball, slow, methodical, play action, but it's going to be better than what it was last year, and the defense is going to be much improved as well. And I do think Cam Newton uh, represents some excellent fantasy value, uh, in, in particularly as your QB2 or you know, uh, rotational quarterback in Superflex leagues because he's like QB in the QB20s at the moment. Yeah, he's so low. I, I and he's never agree. finished there. He's never finished there. Even in his worst possible season with the Patriots, with no offensive weapons around him, he still was a mid-end QB2, QB16 or something like that. Yeah, I agree. My only thing on Cam is, and this isn't even a negative on Cam, is that scared, that playoff schedule, fantasy playoff schedule is pretty pretty ropey. And uh, yeah. that's probably the only knock I've got on him. But yeah, I'm quite happily taking him in a, as, a, as my QB4 in a, in a Superflex League just to... Just to paper over the cracks and, and you never know what might happen is just an option because he's basically free um we're going to talk with tight ends we've had Graham barfield talk about running backs we've had justin boone come on and talk about midfield wide receivers and how we break those down and tight ends is a position that i i get a lot of crap for because um to be honest i just think for fantasy football it's a pretty irrelevant position without a premium and so i have constantly been scolded for my negativity towards tight ends. And I should caveat this by saying that I love tight ends in real football. I think they're mm-hmm. a massively important position. I absolutely love watching tight ends play. I just think in fantasy football, 
I don't really care because <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter um, unless you draft Travis Kelsey. But we'll get to that. Let's overarch this whole discussion. We've got about 15 minutes left and talk about this approach to tight ends and just think redraft strategy, um, yep. maybe even a bit of dynasty strategy here. Let's look at just the overall in a one QB or two QB, it doesn't really matter. What are you doing with tight end in terms of your strategy towards it? How would you attack the position from a roster construction perspective and where you would be looking to put value? And then we'll go through some of the options and say, I'd consider them at this price or or, or not. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would say in in managed roster leagues, so your typical redraft leagues, I'm out on on, on Travis Kelsey at his price, uh, just because at the back end of the draft there, I prefer to double dip at at, at running back typically. The only other tight end I, I would consider at a true premium is well, actually, there's just not two. There's, there's two names I'd consider here. One of them is Darren Waller. We can talk a bit more about him. And then the other one, because his price has come down, I think people have forgotten how good he is because of a down year, is Mark Andrews. If they don't get any of those guys, I don't care about anyone else really in the middle. Now, you could talk to me about TJ Hawkinson. You could talk to me maybe about Logan Thomas if the value is right. But Goddard, Fance, Tunyon, Higby, Henry, um, some other names in there that Kyle Pitt. I'm I'm not in at the moment. I'm then doing a platoon of late later round guys. And the one guy I've drafted everywhere this year. And again, then you know how the fantasy football community just loves to overreact one way or the other. The guy who represents to me the biggest steal in drafts, considering I think on a weekly basis he's basically going to be a set and forget. And you can get him at about a tight end 17, I believe, at the moment is Evan Ingram from 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 the Giants. No. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. No. I can't I can't. He I can't. will finish easily as a top 8 tight end this year, maybe even top 6. His opportunity is through the roof. It has been since he came in the league as a rookie. Last year if he just met his expected fantasy points, he would have been tight end, I think tight end 6 on a points per game basis. It was a differential of two fantasy points per game. The offense why, absolutely. Why, so why didn't he reach that? Because he had some drops. <laughs> he had some drops, and the offense was really, really bad. Now there's two, there's two issues with Evan Ingram. One is you've just mentioned is the drops. The two, has he ever played an entire season? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. But I'm I'm not I'm not a, a you know an injury an injury guru. And none of the injury people I follow have been like Evan Ingram red flag red flag red flag. Yeah. So, and, and and the reality is that the cost you're drafting him, it doesn't matter if he misses a few games. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I grant you, you might as well. Use. And, and he's he, 100 targets as well within his range of outcomes because they brought in Kenny Golladay. They brought in Kenny Golladay, who you know, is fine, is a, is, a, is a good wide receiver, uh, but he's been banged up a little bit, a bit of a hamstring injury. They, Kadarius Tony, don't even get me started. And then yeah. Sterling Shepard, fine. Darius Slayton, eh. No, there's, and then Saquon Barkley's coming back. I think the offense overall is going to be better. Yeah. They, I think they've made a little bit of improvement in the offensive line. So all it takes is, you know, a, a couple of extra touchdowns for, for Engram and for him to, to, to not drop quite so many passes. And, you know, I don't care about Deontay Johnson's drops. I didn't care about Amari Cooper's drops. I can't care about Evan Ingram's drops either. So I think he represents a tremendous value at his ADP. That's... That's yeah. that's where I'm at, and I'm pairing him with like Jonu Smith. I'm pairing him with some other later round guys. If that's if that's the way I'm going at the position, if I haven't spent up earlier to get one of the guys, but these mid round guys are just tight end purgatory, and I just I'm not going to hang out there. All right, so you, you'll be completely on the same page, right? So I, I'm exactly with you that uh, it, for me, I'm not drafting anyone in the middle rounds. I don't care. I don't like how my roster turns out. I don't like any of the tight ends I get in that range. And I've yet to see a tight end in that range actually perform to their ADP. So right. in years. <laughs> and I know we yeah. should go with the whole, well, just because it hasn't happened before doesn't mean it can't happen doesn't... now. It, it just hasn't. I just go with trends. And until that trend is broken, I'm going to stay away. So I'm with you. Let's go through them. So you're saying you're out on Kelsey at, you know, 
ADP 8-9, so back end of the first round. You And is that because you just don't like the way that your roster is built or you just don't think he returns that sort of value? Oh, no, I completely think he returns value. And in, and in best ball leagues, I'm more inclined to do it because once you get Terry's Kelsey, that's it. You're done at the tight end position except for maybe one, one more pick a little bit later on. Tight end premium, 100% taking him there. I drafted him in the down under ball to get that premium. I just prefer the way my roster construction comes out in, in, in roster-managed leagues with no tight end premium. But if yeah. someone wants to go that way, I've got absolutely no issue with it because he there's all the analysis in the world has been done by very intelligent analysts, far more smart, you know, more intelligent and smarter than I am, who show that Travis Kelsey returns value over the replaceability of, of others at his position. It's just that because, and it's the same with quarterback, because it's a onesie position, I'm less inclined to to do so because there's always going to be tight ends available later on that I can platoon in a and over the course of the season probably get myself the equivalent of tight end five. Yeah, and I'm completely with you 100%. I get that. I'll do it every now and again. I won't make it a rule, but sometimes I think... Yeah, it's sometimes fun. it's fun to take Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I'm with you and I, exactly the same way. I, I don't always love the way that my roster comes out. And again, the onesie position, I'm with you. Darren Waller is going back end of the second round. Now, you're saying he's someone you would consider. I take it you're yeah. probably not considering at that price. <sighs> I really like Dar- Darren Waller, and he's going to be the offense for Las Vegas this season. He's going to be absolutely peppered peppered with targets. And s- over the past few seasons, since he became the starting tight end, he and Kelsey with receptions and uh, yardage are basically lockstep. It's obviously just the touchdowns and completely different levels of offensive uh, capability, which which is the real big split. But in terms of big 20-yard plays, uh, explosive plays, contested catches, Darren Waller is right up there. He's one of the best tight ends in football. Mm-hmm. If, 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 you know, depending on where I'm starting, but if you could sneak him into the top of the third round, if you can get him there, I'm, 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 I'm definitely in. Back of the second, probably, probably not. Um, but it just, it just depends who's available. Because if you're going... Back, you know, back at you're, you're starting with Christian McCaffrey, and then you could go Darren Waller and insert running back X here. <laughs> That's a real nice, real nice way to to, to start your draft. Yeah, Dobbins, you, for example, you could go CMC, Waller, Dobbins, kind of. Sort yeah, of. yeah, yeah. It'd be 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 a perfectly perfectly uh, strong way to, to build because and and of all the tight ends, Darren Waller has the best chance of any other tight ends to end Travis Kelsey's six year streak of being the tight end one. Yeah, no, nobody good. else has got a chance. I don't think. No, Kittle, middle of the third round, ADP twenty nine thirty. No, I love the talent, love the player, love watching him play. One of my favorite players to watch. Great dude, but just with how much they're going to run the football, you're relying on unsustainable big plays for for Kittle and and touchdowns. And I think paying up that price is is is, is not worth it for me. Yeah, totally with you. Um, Pitts, you said you're out. I guess it's, is it the rookie thing? Is it the system? I've, I've drafted Pitts in a few places purely because I just want the fun ride of, of going with Kyle Pitts. Um, and I will say, again, it is a bit more the, the, the rookiness. I think the, 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 the Falcons offense probably won't be great. I will say as another late round guy I've been grabbing, especially in best balls, is Hayden Hurst. Because one of the things uh, that people are, Uh, enamored with with Kyle Pitts is the idea that he's going to be replacing Julio Jones a lot and playing out wide and landing quite right. That means Hayden Hurst is going to be on the field and they haven't picked up his contract. I get it. They probably, they've invested the fourth overall pick in Kyle Pitts. Of course, they're not going to try and keep another uh, top paid tight end around. That being said this year, I think, I think he's well within line to get 60, 70 targets, a few touchdowns. He's a big, big target. He's a good enough athlete. And he's free. Yeah, uh, I, I don't mind Hayden Hurst this year for sure. I'm with you. I, I for me, I, I can't buy Andrews just because I don't think the volumes there. Listen, love the touchdown for it. Love the player. Yeah. Worry about with Andrews. I worry about where do I? See? I don't see more than seventy catches, and that's my issue. Hawkinson. I just worry about the whole talent of Detroit. I just don't want really any part of it unless. I absolutely have to. I can understand why people go, well, there's an opportunity here. Yeah, there is. But has Jared Goff really, really sold you enough to make him overly relevant? I'm not so sure. 
Logan Thomas. I like Logan Thomas. I think his ADP is a little high for what I want to do at the position. But if he's there in the ninth round, I'll grab him. I think he absolutely. He's, I think he's a top three tight end for me with with Fitz and that whole offense. I can, can, can completely agree. Uh, preseason usage has been has been positive. They gave him a new contract, and last year was his first year full time playing tight end. So, you know, good things are coming for for, for LT three. Yeah, I completely agree. And then you've got um, Higby, who for me is your is my Evan Ingram for me. I think Higby I can see it. I've drafted effort. some. I've drafted some Higby. I've drafted a little bit of Higby as well when the when the price has been right. He started to creep up though recently. I was getting him later earlier on. That price has started to come up, and so I've I've I've, I've pivoted away. But but talent is clear. You don't go on the run that he did in 2019 without having some serious talent. It's just whether he can put it all together. Get the usage right, and then demand the targets when he's when he's out there. So what we're saying, and I'm going to summarise this, uh, is that we've got two tight ends at the top of the board where you could definitely put them in consideration of taking. You'd fade Kittle. I agree. I would fade Kittle. Uh, yeah. I'd fade it. Andrews, if you want to go that way, Hawkinson, fine. I don't feel that like ever returns, but I get people wanting to do that. But sure. I mean, there's so many late options, as you mentioned, that you can combo up. Um, Higby, you're saying Ingram, uh, Gronk is down there. You get Gronk in like the 12th yeah, round now. Yeah. There's so many guys that you Gronk got better and better. Play. He hadn't played football for ages and he got better and better and better and was a star in the Super Bowl. He's he's gonna have some spike weeks, he's yeah. gonna be touchdown dependent. But hey, a touchdown yeah. and two catches is a tight end one week most times. It really is. Hunter Henry's down there. I think, I think we're in the same boat here that if you're looking at a standard or a PPR draft. Either invest really early or just fade till like the tenth round and just go pick a couple of guys up late on, and I think you'll you'll do fine. And as I say, as you're saying, you're going to stream somewhere between the tight end five and the tight end seven, which yeah. is all you need. If it you is all you need change. if you dominate, if you can strengthen your other positions, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I I'm with you 100. I think that's the route I would go. It's the route I tend to go. Um, I don't really want to be picking up too many other tight ends. So that's. I appreciate you coming on, man. Tell everyone where they can find your work, all your, uh, all the great things you're doing down under bowl, uh, all your tweets, all your articles, everything you're doing right now. For sure. Thanks, man. So you can see on the screen, if you're watching, if you're listening, it's at FF underscore down under on Twitter. If you're interested in any, in the, in the down under bowl, fantasy football, downunder.com. If you are looking for uh, another podcast and you want to check out the, the vault studio network feed, we've got a few shows going on there. We've got our fantasy show, uh, the boys, uh, JA and, uh, and a rotating cast of, of heroes are doing the NFL show, which is just pure news. Talk about football, always good. And we've also got a, uh, a new, new podcast uh, to, uh, of college football down under. They've joined the, the vault studio feed as well. So three shows coming at you, you know, going to be on a weekly basis coming through the season. So if you search the vault studio uh, podcast, uh, vault studio podcast network, you'll, you'll, you'll find, you'll find that there. And yeah, I write for, for dynastyfootballfactory.com. Check us out over there. We've got some great content coming out. And as a, as a left of field, if anyone happens to be a mixed martial arts fan, a UFC fan, I've also recently started a new podcast called the Punch Drunk Podcast. We are on Twitter at Punch Drunk Pod underscore, and you can find us on every podcast network and social media, Punch Drunk Pod. Um, we're just two two dudes shooting the shit about the, about the UFC and having fun. I love that. I don't know where you get time to do all the my struggles with the one pod, but uh, thanks for coming on, my man. Rush Nation, great guest again this week. We've solved running back for you. We've solved wide receiver. We've solved tight end. So enjoy the preseason. Enjoy everything you've got left. Check out Lewis's work and everything you do. I mentioned Manscaped at the top of the show. Very blessed to have them. Uh, in terms of the the lawnmower 4.0, it's actually one of the really good things about it is it has a, a 4,000K LED spotlight to really helps you get into the more difficult-to-reach places. Uh, it gives you a far more precise shave. I can testify for that. I won't show the channel or anything else. And also, it has wireless charging. That's the other good thing about it. Oh, so, that's cool. Uh, really good way to just keep your battery life longer without having to worry about plugging it in. So many great things about the, the Lawnmower 4.0. I can't rate it enough. It's a fantastic product. And you definitely don't want to be using the same razor for your face as you do for your You do not. No. So get 20% off. Use the code 5yard at manscaped.com. 
you also get free worldwide shipping and you know unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped lewis thanks for coming on rush nation thank you for everything as always and for putting up with some of the technicals while i've been left to, to run the ship on my own it will look a lot nicer next week i promise with nicer backgrounds and uh, logos <laughs> and things and, and, and nicer looking guests <laughs> no <laughs> uh, my- uh, I know. I had to give it a <laughs> speaking of speaking of technical difficulties, I was just about to finish finish the exit for you. I thought no, you'd I, gone. Just, I just wanted you to have the full screen for a minute just to show <laughs> how great what a good looking bloke you are. Thanks as always, my man. I'll let you go. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Murph, and uh, everyone in Rush Nation. Good luck for the season. Brilliant. As always, thanks so much. Check out all the other pods this week, and we'll tune in next week. But until then, keep rushing. can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. 